a lot of women, because they want to to please their their spouse, will will just go with whatever position he's doing. Like you might need to shift how you're positioning your body, things like that, the activities that you're doing in order for it to be more comfortable for you. Welcome to Marriage Mavericks. I'm Josh. And I'm Cassie. In this show, we give you practical strategies and real stories to help you fall back in love, rebuild trust, and rekindle the sex and intimacy in your relationship, even if divorce feels inevitable. Whether you listen together or separately, our goal is to provide you the tools to heal your marriage from the inside out. All this information is 100% free, so please share and enjoy. Hello, Marriage Mavericks. So today, we're going to answer some of our listeners' questions that they've sent in. Yeah, if you want your questions answered, we'll do these every so often. You can just go ahead and send in an email to help at marriagemavericks.com with your question, and we'll get it on the next lineup. So let's hop in. So the first one is from Reese. And the question is, what's the quickest way to get a divorce? I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure if this was supposed to be snarky or not, but I'm going to answer it like it's a real question because yeah. I think it's a good one. Yeah. So, Cassie, what is the quickest way to get a divorce? Do exactly what you've been doing. Fist bump? N- no, but seriously, the, the, the fastest way to a divorce is to stay on the track that you're heading. Now, Reese, I'm going to assume that you're making the decision that's the track you want to be on. And if the track that you want to be on as a divorce, continue to do what you're doing. But if that's not the track you want to be on, then what you need to do is figure out what changes need to be made so that way you're not repeating the same things over and over again that you're doing right now. That's really good. And I'm going to answer this question. I'm going to put a completely different spin on this and answer it because I think you probably answered it in the way that it was intended. Mm -hmm. However, If I was looking at this from a learning tool, I would reframe this instead of what's the quickest way to get a divorce. I'd reframe this to what is the most surefire way to get a divorce. Because I think it's always a good learning tool to say, hey, what should I not be doing? What are the things I should be avoiding? So if I wanted to guarantee myself a divorce, what are some of the things that I would do? First and foremost, I would ignore the marriage. I would put other things first. I would make other things a priority. I would not address the problems when they're coming up. I wouldn't make time. I would miss date nights. I would see the little road bumps and not pay any attention to them because I have other things that I'm working on. So I think I would definitely start with that. Then what I think I would do is when things started getting really bad and I started recognizing that there were very serious problems that needed to be fixed, first I would ignore them as long as possible and just ignore all the red flags. And then when I was forced to take a hard look at them, then what I would do is probably try and solve the problem on my own and just continue to do that for as long as possible. And possibly blame my spouse for all of them. Oh, you gotta do that. That's guaranteed always 100%. (laughs) Gotta blame your spouse. None of it's your fault. Or you gotta blame circumstance. It's not me, it's my childhood, it's what's going on in life, it's everything except what I'm not doing in the marriage. So you definitely gotta do that. Now, this part is really important. When you finally hit a point that your spouse comes to you and says, I can't do this anymore, I think I'm done. All right? Now, you've got a choice here to make. You can do either one, they're both good. So first thing you can do 
is you can be like, well, fine, leave then. Go on. Or you can say, well, you know what? I'm not doing anything unless you do anything. And you can have this standoff where you just sit there and you refuse to work on anything unless they do. And you wait on that until the marriage falls apart. Anything you'd add to that? No, I think that's pretty good. That would be, I think, the most surefire way you could guarantee yourself a divorce. And folks, with listening to this, we're kind of doing a little bit of a satire here and, and joke. But I'm dead serious. But if you're like most of our listeners, what you're here for is to save your marriage because you love your spouse, you love your family, and you know that the best thing that you can possibly do in this world is keep you all together. So with listening to everything that Josh just said, if you flip that in reverse, those are the things you need to do to save the marriage that you're looking for. All right, we've got three questions here that are pretty similar. I'm just gonna read them and then we'll just answer them at once. So Johnny, how can you show your wife you still love her and want to spend the rest of your life with her when she says it's over? Jay, I've been separated from my wife for almost eight months now and living with my parents. I've got three young boys and we've been married for eight years. I want my family back in the worst way, but my wife will only communicate with me through a family app for children and finances. After reflecting, seeking therapy, writing a six-page letter on my apology, I'm getting nowhere. We both have divorce lawyers. Nobody's filed yet. How do I ultimately prevent divorce and reconcile? How can I change your mind about me through my actions? And then Emily, my husband and I had a big fight and he finally said he no longer loves me and is just empty. So he's meeting with an attorney to file for divorce. I don't want that at all. I love him and had no idea how unhappy he was. We have a 10 year old and have been married for 20 years. I started to work on myself, but he doesn't seem to want to work on himself or the relationship at all and seems headstrong on his divorce decision. How do I get him to see I'm changing and that things could be better and he doesn't have to throw everything away? And I think Emily's question actually really sums this up, what everybody's saying here. I want to fight for my marriage. I want this to work more than anything in the world. I'm working on myself. They're not seeing it. They're not working on themselves. They seem stuck on their decision. How do I get them to see that I'm changing, that things could be better, and to stop the divorce? Yeah, so the first thing... Johnny, Jay, Emily, that needs to happen is first, you really need to be changing. And I, I have to put that in the space first because a, a lot of you are, are talking about, they're not seeing the changes, they're not seeing my intention, they're not seeing what I'm trying to do. And so often, we're not really changing. We might be tinkering, we might be looking at some things, but we actually haven't made the shifts that our spouse needs to see for them to feel safe to want to work with you and to give possibility to the relationship. So the first thing is really have a heart to heart with yourself and ask, how have I changed? How am I showing up differently? And how consistently have I done that? I was going to give a list in order. So I think you should run through whatever you've got and then I'll run through mine. I mean, that was the first thing. And you can go ahead and kind of do a, an order, I think. Well, you have to start from the place of understanding that if your spouse is wanting a divorce, they're wanting it because at the end of the day, they're losing hope that they can have the happiness and the things they want with you. Nobody wants to tear their entire family down and traumatize their kids and lose 80% of their net worth and start over in the dating pool and go through all the hell that divorce entails. Mm -hmm. When somebody's looking at divorce, it means one thing, really. It means I have lost trust 
in you. I have lost trust in our future together and that I can be happy and healthy and fulfilled and to get my needs met here. So how do you change that? Number one, you have to figure out what are those things that they've been missing. And I think a lot of times people do this at a surface level. Their spouse comes and says X, Y, and Z, and people just take that. But what are the things really that they have been missing that they have not been getting here that they really want and they need and they're worried that you can't fulfill? Number two, you have to change yourself and you have to grow into the kind of spouse that they can look at and that they know is going to provide those things to them. So what are the things, the changes that you need to make in yourself to show up as that best version of yourself, as a spouse that they deserve, as the person they've been wanting? And then you've got to show that to them and you've got to show that to them in a way where they believe it. So often what happens is people, they don't know how to show up their spouse or they don't show it to them for long enough. They just don't know effective ways to really do that, especially if you're in a spot where you're only communicating through a family app. So you have to show that to them and you have to show that to them in a way that they believe it with enough consistency that they start to build that belief and they build that trust and they start to get interested and they go, hmm, maybe maybe Emily is changing. Maybe Jay is changing. Maybe Johnny is changing. I find this interesting. I think I want to talk to you a little more. I think I want to spend a little more time with you. Huh? Now I'm seeing more changes. Maybe things are going to be different. Maybe this can work. And eventually you build up to a level where they believe that things can be different. At that point, you've won them back to the marriage and now they're willing to work with you. But that's all of that's hard. It's hard to know what to change. It's hard to uh, stick with those changes when they're not doing it. It's also hard not to blow stuff up in the meantime and to push them further away. And you have to do that. But if you follow those steps, you absolutely can do it. And that's that's essentially the process that we teach our clients. It's not about forcing them to stay. It's not about convincing them to stay. It's about becoming a person that they want to stay with. And not just becoming that person, but consistently showing up as that person, I mm. think, is really important because so often, and you talked about the blowing up, is so often we will show up well in the great circumstances or even the okay circumstances or the maybe not great circumstances, but when when things get hard, we fall back into patterns and show up as the person that they were removing themselves from, that they were stepping away from. And if you can't show up consistently and they keep seeing you show up as that person that they needed to leave in order to be happy, you're going to lose that opportunity to be able to heal things, for them to, to want to come back, to take all the steps that you just talked about. Your, your spouse has to see that you're going to keep that promise that you're going to be different ongoing. Like this doesn't- Even under get, pressure. Even under, and that's what I'm saying. And this, this means even if they're talking to a lawyer, even if they're saying mean things to you, even if, even if they, they, they've already left the home, you have to show up that way despite all of those things for them to fully get back to being invested in the possibility of being with you. And I'm saying that because it's not just about being with you. It's they've got to get to a point where they're even open to it. And you have to tough that out through that period of time in order to get there. Like you, by, by showing up as the person that they needed you to be all along. Hey, Marriage Mavericks, real quick. If your marriage is struggling and you want to turn things around and get the love, 
and the passion back into your marriage, we would love to talk with you. So if you would like to hear more about that, go to marriagemavericks.com and apply to talk with one of our team and we can see if we can help you get there. All right, ML, hi Cassie and Josh. My husband and I have been together for 30 years. For the last eight years, he's been trying to get me to join him in his choice of lifestyle. He's a swinger. I had a medical trauma, which has made having any type of sex life impossible as it's incredibly painful. I do try to, but he hates that he's hurting me, and I hate that I'm being left out while he spends more time with other people. Any advice for me slash us? I feel like this is really two questions. I feel like there is the sex is painful question, and then there's I feel left out when he's swinging question. Which one should we start with? So obviously, if things are painful, things are not working. Anytime there's an actual physical thing going on, my suggestion is always have a conversation with your doctor. See what's going on there. And I say that because way too often, especially women, we let things sit in our bodies that are not okay. We're like, oh, you know, sex is painful. My, my cramps when I get my period are a little... And if there's a medical thing going on, that's something you should address. You shouldn't let that impact your relationship and your connection. And then if there isn't something medically going on, then it's time to take a look at what is it that the two of you are doing that is creating a, an incredibly painful experience and how can we shift that in a way where things are not uncomfortable for you? That's a really good point. So lowest hanging fruit, absolutely. Address the medical issue. And then one of two things is going to happen. One of three things. Either it's medical and it can be treated. And that may not just involve your doctor. That may involve actually going and talking to somebody who specializes in this. So absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, if it is not medical then you do what Cassie just said and you go ahead and you figure out what is it that you two are doing that you need to adjust in your own sex life so that is not painful and typically that's going to be things like foreplay that's going to be things like lubrication it may be masturbating or or changing position a lot of women because they want to to please their their spouse will will just go with whatever position he's doing like you might need to shift how you're positioning your body, things like that, the activities that you're doing in order for it to be more comfortable for you. Now, the third possibility that you didn't bring up that I think we should address is what if it is medical, but it isn't treatable or it's only mildly treatable? Then what do you do? And I think then you two have to look at what are all the things that you can do to have a fulfilling sex life that don't necessarily involve penetration. And there is a lot. And I think so often we ignore that. I think men in particular tend to ignore that. And if stuff's not conducive to penetration, it's just, well, there's, there's just no intimacy. There's nothing there. Yeah. And there, there's lots of ways that the two of you can connect physically. And that even goes down to how are we, again, going back to how are we, even with penetration, how are we having penetration? Maybe we do something different. Maybe we do a different activity, things like that. So that way we're both feeling fulfilled in the relationship sexually, but you're also not having to, to do things that are uncomfortable or don't work for you just to try to 
to have that physical connection. And please take none of that to say that you should be doing things that are uncomfortable or don't work. No, absolutely. You absolutely should not. That means you need to adjust. But those are kind of the three circumstances and what you can do in each. And that all starts with talking to a doctor, which you may have already done. But then based on that, then you'll know where to go. Now, as far as the swinging piece, and I hate that I'm being left out while he spends more time with other people. This is a place that I think you need to get really clear on what exactly it is that you don't like. It doesn't sound from your question that you have a problem with the fact that he's swinging necessarily. Now, it may be uncomfortable that he's getting that intimacy other places when he can't get it with you. Well, then we need to look at some of the things that we just talked about. Or it may be a fact that he is spending a lot of time with other people. Then you two need to have a look at what you're doing time-wise. Those are really the places that I think I would start. When you're saying, I hate that I'm being left out while he spends more time with other people, you really need to narrow in on what exactly is it about this situation that you don't like? Is it the time? Is it that intimacy is going somewhere else? Is it the swinging itself? Is it that you would like to be doing stuff, but you're uncomfortable doing it? Because again, you have these problems with pain. Like what exactly is your struggle with that? That's going to tell you what you need to do to resolve it. And one of the things I want to point out is it, it's not like any of those things are wrong. And it may be a couple of those things. When Josh is saying narrow it down, he's not saying there's only one problem here. It's actually being intentional and figuring out what the challenge is so you can address the challenge or challenges with what they actually are. All right, Nick. Hi, I need help. There are many facets to this, but the main one is my wife hates my family because of her idea they have used and abused me. She's treated me poorly for the last 11 years we've been married, and my family has done nothing to her, but she hates them nonetheless, and she wants me to hate them too. I don't, and I won't. I want to love my wife, but I also love my family. What can I do? Nick, absolutely, we'll talk about what to do to balance a family. But one thing that pops out to me about this in the first place is your wife is to blame in this entire question. She treated your family poorly, even though they've done absolutely nothing wrong. She treats you poorly. She hates your family for no reason. I think, man, you just need to start with taking a look in the mirror and asking yourself, where are the places that you need to take responsibility in this situation? And that's what I was going to point out. For example, Nick, and I want you to really take this to heart. If what you're saying, I'm going to reword something that you said. My wife hates my family because she loves me. And she believes that they've hurt me through using me and abusing me. Okay, what have you done over the 11 years that you've been married to give her that story? What are things that you've said, interactions you've had? Have you come to her and talked poorly about your family before? Does she know about past stories of issues that you've had with your parents or your siblings? There's a reason why she thinks that. Have you, and I'm going to even put this one out there, have you let your family take advantage of you where it's impacted you and her's marriage? Because I will tell you, that happens a lot with com- our clients, where the reason why their, their spouse doesn't like their parents is because they've been taken advantage of or you haven't had 
good boundaries. And it's easier for her to be angry at your family than it is for her to be angry at you because you didn't show up the way you needed to or had the boundaries you needed to. And I'm not trying to put this all on you, okay? I'm sure that this is absolutely a co-creation here, but I want you to understand that this is absolutely a co-creation here. There is some reason why she thinks that. It's not something she pulled out of thin air. And with that, there's a couple of things here. You really want to first understand her intention behind this. Is she trying to take care of you? Is this because she loves you? And coming from that place first is going to have you show up hearing what she needs and wants from you a lot better. And then as you're approaching this, you're saying that she wants you to hate them. What I think you need to do is to get very clear on what it is she's actually asking for. Because I very seriously doubt she's coming to you and she's like, hey, I want you to hate your family. I don't think that's probably the discussion that she's having. She's probably coming to you and saying, hey, your family does this and I'm not okay with it. Or they treat me like this and I'm not okay with it. Or they do this thing to you and you let them and I'm not okay with that. I get treated like crap when we go over to Thanksgiving or whatever the case may be. You need to just sit down and identify what is it that your wife is actually asking for as far as your family goes. And there's going to be plenty in that that's probably reasonable. And one thing that we tell our clients is you need to be in a space where your spouse feels like you are on their team and you are their advocate, even when it comes to stuff with your family. Now, does that mean that you side with your spouse against them? No, but it does mean that you take a stand for your spouse and you don't let your family mistreat her or be disrespectful to her. And if they are, that you don't tolerate that. So if you're over at Thanksgiving and your family's treating your wife like crap, you say something. And if they still do it, you take her and you go home. It's not about hating your family and it's not about siding with your wife against your family, but it is about you two being in the united front and being a team and her feeling like you are going to have her back. And it all starts with figuring out what is it that she's actually asking for? Not hating your family. What are the things she's actually bringing to the table and saying need to change as far as the interactions with the family go? And if she brings up something like, I don't want to see them. I don't want to be around them. Why? Why? What caused that? What was the things and the reasons that she has behind it? All right. Becky, we're fighting all the time and our kids are worried. What should we tell them? I can start with this. Go ahead. I want to answer your question, Becky, but obviously the first thing is to stop the fighting. And the second thing is to stop the fighting in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. Kids are very, very perceptive. And unless you two stop the arguing, they are going to be picking up on that. And then, yes, you're going to be in this place of having to explain it. But the unfortunate truth is no matter what you tell them, that's going to have a negative impact on them. So biggest thing you can do is to actually resolve the fighting in your marriage, get some communication tools and strategies so that you two are able to navigate conversations productively. Now, with that said... From here, depending on how old your children are, you may have to own it at this point. If you've been arguing, the kids are over overhearing things and they're worried, when people say, 
they're worried, that to me says that your children have come and said something to you if you're picking up that they're worried. And I know you didn't actually send that in as your your statement, but that would be my assumption. If you're saying the kids are worried. I mean, if, if they're, they haven't noticed anything, don't tell them anything, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah. So if, if they're worried, they're coming to you. This is a place where you're probably going to have to take some ownership and say, we've had some challenges. We didn't handle them the right way. Own that. Be a good role model by saying either the yelling or, or whatever's happening isn't the way that you should be handling it and tell them that you are going to work with your husband to get through some of these challenges in a better way. And when you're doing that, if you're listening to what I'm saying, it's we. Even if you think that what you and your husband have been arguing about is all his fault, he's a bad person, et cetera, when it comes to kids, I cannot stress this enough, you have to be a united front to the kids. So we're going to we're going to get some help, we're going to work on this, we're going to show up differently and own that if they saw behaviors that are are not appropriate like yelling, that is not appropriate. So often people try to normalize it. Adults fight sometimes, but then you're setting that example for them of this is what they should expect in their marriage. So it's really critical as Cassie said to take ownership. Our next question is from Anthony. My wife dropped the bomb in July. We live together with our eight-year-old child. We're in separate rooms. She's the primary earner. She recently consulted with a lawyer and learned what I already knew, that we cannot afford to get divorced. I've been giving space and nurturing a safe environment. I'm working on myself. She had set a date that she would move out on March 1st. She moved that date to June 1st and has indicated it might be later. My question is two parts. And I put this separately from the other ones because he does have a slightly different Mm -hmm. bend on his questions that I think bears answering. Number one. What meaning should I take from her saying that we can't afford divorce and from her moving the move out date? Number two, how do I best use the extra time she's giving by delaying her move out date? These are really great questions. They are. I think the question of how you should use the time, I think that does actually get back to what we said earlier to Johnny and to Jay and to Emily of you've got to start using it to do everything in your power to change yourself and to show that that difference in you and to give her hope and through that to buy more time. Now, this other piece of what should I take away from her saying this, I think this is really helpful for a lot of people. So I wanted to answer that separately. I wouldn't make it mean anything. I wouldn't say, oh, you know, she she's saying she can't afford a divorce then that's what it is. And I wouldn't start going, oh, well, maybe it means something else. Because the truth is, most likely, she's probably making up the meanings herself. Many times when your spouse is in a situation like this with you, they're half out the door, they're half in the door. And she's conflicted. She doesn't know why she's putting a pause on. She's going to give herself 10 different reasons for it. Yeah, because... Most likely this is an emotional thing and she's got to put a reason somewhere. And the only meaning I would take away from this is that you do have more time and that you can be using that time to rebuild the marriage. That's the meaning that I would put behind it. Nothing else. I wouldn't try to get into her head. I wouldn't try to see it in any direction. The thing that I would really focus your energy on is wow, I've got this time. How am I going to use it? 
Jazz, my spouse isn't touching me anymore. Should I be worried? And how do I inspire him to be physically intimate? So I can take the first part. You can take the second. Sure. All right. Should I be worried? It depends. And here's what I mean by that. We all have seasons. We all go through seasons where we're not feeling as touchy, as physical, as intimate. And this can be for a lot of reasons. We're grieving a loss. Work is insane. We're sick. There's a new baby. All kinds of reasons. So we're all going to have seasons where we're not as touchy. Where you need to be concerned is where this is no longer a season. This is becoming the norm. So should you be worried? If this has been going on for a couple of weeks, I wouldn't be worried yet. If this has been going on for a few weeks, a month, yes, I would be worried at that point. Because when we are growing apart, that physical touch is one of the first things that can go. Now, how do you inspire them to be physically intimate? So one of the easiest ways to get your spouse to do anything that you want is to demonstrate that behavior. So Jazz, the the first thing that I would look at is, have I been touchy? Have I been doing the activities that I want. So if you are desiring more kissing, are, are you leaning in for the kiss? Are you being the one who's initiating? Or are you waiting around, waiting for your spouse to be the initiator? Simply just doing the actions that you want to take will many times inspire. I like the word inspire that you use. I was looking down at the, the question to see the word that you used that will inspire them to start doing the same thing. That is like the the first easiest thing that you can do is simply just act the way that you want. So do do what you want done on to you sort of a thing, right? And then the other thing that I would suggest doing is actually making a request. If there's a, a particular type of touch that you want, bring that up. Don't bring a laundry list of like, I want this, 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 and this, this, this to your husband. But if there's something specifically that has been missing for the last couple of weeks or something, bring it up. Hey, we, ha- we haven't been kissing goodbye when you leave for work. And I would, I would love to do that a little more. I really enjoy when we cuddle on the couch. Can we make that happen? Sometimes our spouses do need a little bump to get back in the habit of doing things, especially if there was a season like Josh just talked about. If somebody was sick or work, we get out of habit. So just bringing it up and putting it in the space as a request can a lot of times shift that. So get what you want to get. That is the single biggest thing that you can do to inspire your spouse to be, to do anything, Mm -hmm. anything that you want. 